Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Good evening and welcome to the Sages Among Us. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores. I'm your host tonight, flying solo, but I have a fascinating guest. I'm so glad you're with us tonight. Tonight, my guest is Lynn Wenzel. She's a writer, editor, and political activist. She's the author of four books, the most recent being Puritans, Patriots, and Pioneers. She's written for the New York Times, Newsweek, Ms. Magazine, among others. Her poetry has appeared in numerous literary publications. She was a book reviewer for the New York Times, a columnist on antiques and collectibles for many national publications. She's been a genealogist for over 60 years. And she was president of a 500-plus member chapter of NOW and a founding supporter of the first battered woman shelter in New Jersey. In 2005, she was the recipient of the Northern Minds Business and Professional Women's Woman of Achievement Award. She's currently co-chair of its scholarship task force. She's also served on the board for Domestic Violence Sexual Assault Coalition, which is now Community on Violence, as vice president for strategic planning. Lynn is the Nevada County Citizens for Choice board she sits on that board, sorry, as a director of communications. She's currently the editor of its newsletter, Voices for Choice. She's been on the board from 2004 to 2006 and 2017 to present. Her work for reproductive justice has been going on for over 50 years. And Lynn lives right in Grass Valley with her husband, Jeff, who she's been married to for 58 years, which comes with its own accolades. And I welcome you, Lynn. <laughs> Are you Thank with you, us? Thank you, Holly. I don't know how you got all that in. I must be 100. <laughs> <laughs> you have been a busy woman is what it boils down to. So first, yeah. I, I want to thank you so much for saying yes to being on Sages Among Us. And Lynn, if ever there was one, you are a woman who really does walk the walk. And so I want to start just a little bit about how you uh, came to be in Nevada County. Oh, well, my parents used to camp up here when I was a kid. And... About 21 years ago, Jeff and I came up here. I'd been up many times, but Jeff and I came up here to look around. And I said, it might be a nice place to retire. Of course, we haven't really retired. But, um, yeah, so we came up, and we we did look around the first day. I got a real real estate person. And we said, I said to him, now, we're not buying. We're just looking to get an idea of the area. So that was a Friday. Saturday we looked. Sunday we put a bid in on a house. And there you go. There you go. <laughs> and you uh, were living in Marin County, as I recall, uh, in your history. Actually, we were living we were living in Berkeley at that time. And you're you came to Marin via New York. Somehow ended up in the East Bay before getting here, right? Is that the roadmap? That's right. Um, yeah, we lived in the East Coast for 25 years before we moved back home. So, what made you decide to be a woman? who I would consider one of the pioneers for uh, in the women's rights in the 60s era. Well, how did you get involved? What, what spawned that for you? Well, I can tell you the two things in my life, they were, well, I was going to say seminal. I'll say ovarian moments that <laughs> changed my whole life. The first one was when I was nine, and we were living in Germany because I was an Army brat, and that was right after the war. 
And I noticed that at night, these little German kids used to come to the end of our, we had a driveway thing, and they used to root through our garbage for food. And we had plenty of food, and that struck me as wrong. So I used to take apples and oranges and bananas out of the house and sneak them into the garbage can so the kids would have good food. That was my first thing. And then the second one was when I was about 13 or so, and we were home back in California, and my dad had a rather large library, and I was just perusing one day, and I saw this book, and it was called The Black Book. And I opened it, and he had been with CIC, <clears throat> Counterintelligence, hmm. during the war, and it was a, um, basically, it was the Nazis' record of every Jew they killed, every item of clothing, every ring, every everything wow. delineated in this book. And I thought to myself, no, I have to work to change this world. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. And those were the two things that really made me an activist. Did you grow up with um, active-minded people around you? Was your father civically-minded as well? Yeah, he was. In, in a more traditional way, he was a member of the Elks and the, and the Rotary and, uh, I don't know, Odd Fellows and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, my mother was more quiet. She just, uh, she just uh, was quiet, <laughs> but lovely. <laughs> and um, who would you say your role models were then? Or were you out there on your own just forging into unknown territory? No, because no, because at the dinner table, uh, my father would say, okay, what interesting subject do we have to talk about tonight? And what's your position on it? And so wow. we would go. And he was very encouraging of what, whatever we had to say. And even though he was from a different, I'll never forget, he's from a different generation. There I was out in the streets marching for women's rights. And he wasn't exactly big on that. Uh, but he was very supportive. And I remember I went out one day and he said, you go, sis. And nice. I thought, yeah, that's a dad. Yeah. That is really nice to have that support um, at a time yeah. when it was slightly, I would guess, dangerous. Is that accurate? Well, I've been spit on a lot and uh, yelled at. Oh, you want to hear a funny yelling story? Yes. So uh, I was, um, let's see, I was rallying. There was a, a player on the New Jersey Nets basketball team and he had been indicted for rape but they signed him again on the team and I and my now chapter thought oh no that's wrong so we went out to rally and we placed ourselves around the different uh, entrances to the stadium and this a man came with his kid his son and we were on one side of a chain link fence and he was on the other side and he came up to the chain link fence and he pressed his face against it and he looked at me and he screamed at me and he said, well, I won't use the F-bomb, but he Thank said, you, you <laughs> he said, you effing dyke, go home to your husband. Now think about that. Yeah. That's hysterically funny. Yeah. I'll... And I said to him, you're an idiot. <laughs> That's what I said. So, so yeah, I've been yelled at and on and when I marched for uh, lesbian and gay rights early on like in the 80s and so forth there were a lot of people screaming and yelling at us and you know but well, that's okay I have so many questions about that 
First of all, what okay. what years are we talking when you're first getting out marching for women? Well, I first marched I first marched against the Vietnam War and for civil rights in the 60s. And then for women starting in the early early 70s, like 71, I started marching for women's rights and that, and then that was ever since and and then this the, the event I just told you about happened in the 80s. Um and then I guess in the 90s when we were marching for lesbian and gay rights. And yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> a lifelong marcher. So I, I want to talk to you about this because I grew up a little bit later and um, Vietnam had kind of come to an end. And I grew up in almost an apathetic generation, the late 70s, early 80s, when there wasn't just a ton going on. You know, Watergate had already uh-huh. happened. And now when I see the same issues, you know, 50 on years, um, it feels defeating to me. So how do you find the energy to continue when you've been fighting for so long? It's not easy, I'll tell you. I'm tired. I'm 78, and I see the same things happening again, and I I do get uh, downhearted. I'll say that. And then I pick myself up and I say things to myself like, get up, bitch. Get on, the, <laughs> get out there. Don't, never mind. Don't, don't let them get the best of you. Come on. You still have stuff to do. Don't be lazy. Don't sit there and read a book. So I make myself do stuff. But, um, yes, it's very disheartening. I, I remember at the Women's March, there was a woman. This is right after the election of 2016, 2017. Yes. And there was a woman, and we were in Sacramento, and there was a woman walking in front of me, and she had a sign that said, I can't believe I have to do this all over again. Yes. And I thought, yeah, yes. yes, exactly. I can't either. Well, my- and, of course, what's, what's been happening, I mean, obviously, if, since I'm with Citizens for Choice, um, I'm very, very, very supportive of reproductive justice for women, and men and children, and but what's happened yesterday with the gun issue? I, 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 right. Yesterday was a broken day for me, but I'm back at it again today. Right, and we will talk about that. My guest tonight is Lynn Wenzel. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores, and you are listening to the Sages Among Us. This show, as I interpret it, is really to inform our community about people who are actively trying to make change and who have the wisdom and the history to know what it might take. Um, One of the things I think, and, you know, I have children in their 20s and early 30s who just feel defeated and they don't feel like what they do make a difference, which is so why I'm so inspired by you, because you you have made a difference and you continue to fight the fight. And so I guess I'm my next question is to ask you, what do I tell my children? How do how how can they make a difference when we've got these people who are so unwilling to change? Well, I always think one little step makes a difference because if everybody does one little step, it adds up to millions of little steps, and then it's a movement. Um, I'm fortunate. Well, my kids had no choice. Uh, you know, I mean. <laughs> They grew up with me. My daughter's a feminist. Even my granddaughter's a feminist. But my son is quiet. He's not so much. He's he's supportive, but quiet. But my daughter-in-law is a feminist, strong, loud. And 
So I, I don't have that issue, but I understand it. I understand what it feels like, and it can feel so huge to younger kids, I'm thinking in their 20s. If you're a young woman, you can't afford not to get involved. And 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 on that on that thought, um, I was at a meeting last Wednesday night, a BPW board meeting, and there were two young women there in their 30s, and we were talking about reproductive choice, among other things, and she said, I never thought I'd have to do anything about this. I thought it would always be there for me. And I remember saying many times, don't take anything for granted. Be aware because nothing lasts forever and there are always going to be people out there who want to take it away from you. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me and, again, a little bit disheartening, more than a little bit disheartening, when I talk to my friends who say my granddaughter might have less rights than I have over her own body, looking at a little six-year-old or a seven-year-old. And I know that people um, will jump on the, you know, uh, every life sort of thing. And I would like to just be clear to say it's really about choice. It's not about whether you do decide to end a pregnancy or not. It's about having the decision to make that choice. Would you agree with that? Right. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Yeah. What I would say is if you don't want to have an abortion, don't have one. I'm not stopping you. I'm not telling you how to live your life. But please don't force other women to live their lives in a way that only you feel is right. And a lot of that has to do with religion, which is not right either, because we don't all share the same faith. Um, And the other part of it is, I was just writing an article today on on how it fits into the the idea that, well, I'm just going to say it, that white men like these uh, Supreme Court justices really, really, really want things to go back to the way, you know, when women were home in their aprons, making what, dinner? And And um, martinis. Having lots of, huh? And martinis, you know, for when he came through the door. Yes, that's, (laughs) here you go, darling. Yeah, right. And (laughs) my mother used to do that, but let's not talk about that. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, and that's what they really want. They want power, and they have seen that women have be- have become autonomous beings, have agency over their own lives. I think it's very frightening to them, very unnerving, and they want things to co- go back the way they think they were. And the, one of the ways they do that is to control reproduction. If you cannot control your own reproduction, you cannot control anything about your life. Well, and the other thing, and I'm sure you you and I could have a long conversation about this, it's not like that is going to stop. It just makes it more dangerous, right? That's right. That's right. In fact, I knew a woman who almost died from a self-induced abortion in the late 60s. And, yeah, it's going to happen again because women are going to do what they have to do. And so it's that whole control thing is a chimera, you know, it's. It's a fake. It's not real. Things want, The only people who will really suffer are women who are too poor to travel or women of color who, can't, who are working. Let's say you have three kids and you're working full-time, probably two jobs. What are you going to do? You can't afford to travel. You can't afford to do anything. Right. Uh, you're trapped. Uh, the, the, 
to to work for reproductive justice is let's face it some not my age obviously but someone like me who's white and privileged um i could do it i could travel to new york well i live in california but i could travel to new york but we're really doing this for women who are not so lucky and they're going to be stuck and the and if and if if they think that they're going to be able to get uh, pills through the mail, you know, mef, mef, I never mm-hmm. can say the word right, mefepristone and right. the other the, one, I can't think the, of the name. The um, Plan Bs. They're already talking. What? Plan Bs, those? Are yeah, you talking- like that. Yeah, they're already talking about making that illegal, so you can't get them through the mail. Um, and then, as you know, once Roe is gone, then the uh, Congress is talking about passing a law, a federal law that would make abortion illegal throughout the entire country. Now, all I have to say about that is if you want to see an uprising, go ahead and do that. Well, I'm starting to feel like it is time. We talked about this briefly. Um, Lynn and I did the Vagina Monologues recently at the Center for the Arts. Great fundraiser for Community Beyond Violence. Great evening. But we were talking about, like, we need a revolution. It needs to be 1968 again, and uh, people have to come understanding that they really are at risk of losing a lot of uh, personal rights. But I don't know that the younger people feel like it matters what they do. And that's the... They haven't experienced it, Holly. That's why they have never lived an ex- a life where they are told they can't have this, they can't have that. They have to do. It. I mean, when Jeff and I were first married, I couldn't get uh, credit in my own name. That's right. I could not. I couldn't sign a will. Were you leaving my children? Leaving my children to him. Only he could sign a will leaving his children to me and so forth and so on. Well, they've grown up in a world where that was never a concern. None of that was ever a concern. So they don't know what it's like. Their ox has not been gored, as we like to say. But if it's taken away from them, right. it will be. Well, and I, and I had a despondent 31-year-old in my house last night uh, after the shooting oh. and just some of, you know, yeah. of the other really negative things that are happening and feeling like, yeah, I can write my congressman. What does he care? He was probably, you know, elected via the NRA anyway. Or So I think well, not the, your congressman, not, not a, a particular one. But I think no. I think the the thing that I'm most concerned about is the feeling that it, people don't think they have a voice, even though. In theory, we do. And so I was just wondering if you would speak to that a little bit. Is it worth writing your congressman? Is it worth, you know, making the calls? Is it your daughter who felt this way? No, it was my eldest, my non-binary child. Right. Oh, your lovely one. Yes. Um, I wish I could talk to him. Well, all I can say is we're doing this work is not easy. Yes, a letter makes a difference. 40 letters make a difference. And 500 letters makes a big difference. So gather, join, join together with like-minded people. Gather together and take action. Um, there's strength in numbers. 
not to mention fun. You know what uh, Emma Goldman said, if I can't dance, I don't want to be part of your revolution. Well, when you get a bunch of people together to do something, there's a, an energy that comes from that. So I would say to him or her, they, they. that um, <laughs> they, I would say to they, that um, Them. they should find a, a like bunch of people and begin to do that. Whatever it is, write letters together, you right. know, uh, make it a little bit fun. Have a drink. I mean, you know, right. It's not easy work. It's just not. Yeah, and I think mostly what I wanted to hear from you, because I have so much respect for the work that you have done, is that it does matter and it does make a difference. And I think that yes, it does. that is the message that people really need to understand, um, that it's not yes. just the people that are in power now that are going to be in power forever. Someday that guy's going to die, right? Like that kind of thing. They're all going to die. They're all going to die. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the people who are there, the younger people, like the woman who just came on the Supreme Court, if you're talking about the court. Right. She, she's very young. Um, so she'll be there a long time. The most important thing, when you feel discouraged, I mean, I'm trying to think what I, when, when I feel discouraged, even at my age, when I feel discouraged, you know, I mope around a little bit and then I get busy. The thing to do is to do something. And don't think that your actions don't matter. They do matter. Every phone call, every letter matters. Thank you. Not to mention putting your body out there. Thank you. My guest tonight on The Sages Among Us is Lynn Wenzel. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores. We are talking about Lynn's life really as an activist fighting for women's rights, for reproductive rights, and um, well-educated, well-published woman. I had no idea you did some of this stuff, which is just even more impressive. And just the fact, oh, thank you. Just the fact that you still are doing it is amazing to me. So in our little community, not going to the national issues, but in our community, mm -hmm. as you may have noticed over the last few years, things got a little mm -hmm. weird here. And I'm wondering uh, if you feel that and if you have thoughts about what people can do to get our community more cohesive. And I'm sorry I, I didn't prompt honest. you. I didn't prime you for any of these questions. No. I'm so sorry. That's okay. That's fine. I have to be honest and say I'm not interested in cohesing with people who drive around in black trucks with uh, big flags and saying, you know, you know what that yes. says. I'm not going to yes. say it because we're on the air. Thank but, you. But, you know, I'm doing the little finger thing. Um, so I'm not interested in cohesing with them. However, there are people you can talk to, like the woman who writes the column for the union, and her name is. Mm, she has an Irish last name. I can't think of it. She's very anti-choice, but she's a very reasonable, lovely person. Talk, yeah. You can talk to people like that. I'm thinking uh, at Terry McLaughlin. Is that who you're thinking of? I guess. I oh, yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. She's a good writer. She and I don't agree on things, but she's a good writer. And sometimes we do agree on some things. So that's fine. Um, I'm very sorry that these people have come up here and stirred up a lot of trouble and a lot of divisiveness and hate. It certainly wasn't here when we before, um, and I hope that it will go away. In the meantime, we cannot let them step in and put people up for office who are not qualified. Thank so, you for that. For yeah, instance, I don't. 
for, am I allowed to say? Yes, you are. This is opinion. Okay. For instance, the hit job on Natalie Adona. Terrible. All them, all lies and really dirty and nasty. And that's the way they play. There's no policy. There's no nothing. It's just dirty tricks. And so I have no interest in knowing them. I wish they would leave this community because they've really sullied it, in my opinion. And I think um, it's a little bit frightening because uneducated voters can be as dangerous as the people that are running if people aren't really paying attention to how candidates stand, but they like, oh, I saw that name on the side of the road and vote. That's right. That's that's very scary. That's always scary in any election, any time. I worry about the people who don't do their homework, who don't study it, who don't, who aren't educated about the issues. I really worry about that because elections have repercussions. Indeed. Very much so. And so much so on the local level because obviously yeah. they're forming policy that affects us really directly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it's important to pay attention and please read the, you know, in the little booklet, I'm not telling you, but people in general, when the little booklet comes in the mail, read what the people say and read between the lines. Yes. I actually learned that through Seroptimus International of Grass Valley many, many years ago. I was one of those people that was like, oh yeah, I like that. That name sounds good, you know, because it didn't know any better. And then I went to a candidates forum. And it changed go. my life. It changed the way I looked at the process and realizing how important it really is to understand who you're putting that check mark next to, for lack of a better That's term. Right. Very so, much, very important. So I know I touched on this a little bit, and I only have four minutes left. For people who want to do something in our community and stay active in our community, uh, aside from writing letters, but to actually be involved, where would you have them put their energy? Are we talking Citizens for Choice? Are we talking BPW, CBV? Well, I would love I would love people to get involved with Citizens for Choice because it, that's a really important issue right now. We have a we have a clinic, as you know. We we support the clinic and sponsor the clinic, and we do not do uh, what's that called? We don't do um, surgical abortions but we do give the pills and we do every other kind of reproductive care. And it's an important clinic for a rural area like this. And it is staffed by women's health specialists. They're the medical end of it. And then we also uh, work for legislative issues and so forth. So yeah, I would love, I'm the communication director. Uh, I would love people to get involved. Um, Can I give my phone number? You certainly can. Okay. Just call me and I'll put you in the right place. So I'm not 530-906-1288. So if you're interested in becoming involved in reproductive issues, call me. Please don't call me and be mean because <laughs> I will not listen to you. <laughs> I was going to warn you on that. Um, and Well, and the other thing I think is important is that, that not only does um, – the organization provides services, but it provides education. And the level of ignorance of young people, even in this day and age, is astounding to me because... It is. And can I just say, the level of STDs in this community is unbelievable. 
And there's only one way that happens, and that's ignorance. Right. right. So I would just say, if I don't say anything else tonight, I would say, if you're a young man, wear a condom. Please. Well, and I think Please. I think the idea that if we don't talk about it, it's not going to happen, which, you know, is like World War One era thinking still happening yes. is just astounding. Yes, to me. it is. And it I really is. When I would talk and to my kids, I wasn't advocating. <laughs> I was just saying, be informed. Right. You, you know. were telling them to you were telling, giving them information. Yes. Right? Yes. Not saying yes. go do it, but if likely no. that you're going to do it. This is how it works, and this is what you can do to prevent some of these things. Come to the clinic if you want any kind of information like that. If you're young and you want, um, the clinic is at on Plaza Drive in Grass Valley. Again, you can call me, and I can give all the information. But if you if you're a young person and you want to get sexually active, but you're concerned about that, but maybe you can't talk to your parents, you don't know what to do. Come to the clinic; they'll be very understanding, very supportive. And if you can't pay, don't worry. Well, which is also really good for people to know that that's available. Yeah. Yeah. That's real important. I think that the work that we do is very important. Well, and we are coming to an end of our time, and I knew that would happen quickly. Wow. If there is one thing you would want people to do with 30 seconds or less to talk about it, what is one thing people can do to make a difference in their life right now? Oh, God. Um, yes, get active, support the issues you really believe in, but don't forget to have fun. Great. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much for being my guest tonight. You have been listening to The Sages Among Us. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores, and this is KVMR, Nevada City.